Now concerning spiritual gifts or concerning spirituals, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaketh by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. To one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to the one other the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another ki different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally, as he willed. Our name, the unchanging word, reflects the fact that the eternal word of God is never changed and never will. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by his grace came with me to abide. All I need for living is mine by just believing. Our study today begins in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 11, and in these four verses we will be looking at the nine gifts of the Spirit which are listed in this passage. Dr. Mitchell will be expounding on them one by one. Well, turn with us to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, and here is Dr. Mitchell. Good day, friends. Again, we come to you, and we rejoice in the fact that the Lord has in a wonderful way revealed to us his purposes, his plans concerning the church, the body of Christ. We've come to these amazing chapters, chapters 12, 13, and 14 of 1 Corinthians, which has to do with spiritual gifts and of how they are to be governed. Allow me again to repeat what I've said before. In chapter 12, we have the bestowal of gifts. In chapter 13, we have the governing of the gifts by love. In chapter 14, we have the exercise of the gifts, their place in the body of Christ. I may again remind you that, that we have to, we ought to know something about spirituals, or if you please, spiritual gifts. It's a wonderful thing that God redeems men and women from sin, takes them out of the kingdom of darkness and translates him into the kingdom of God's dear Son, transforms us from children of wrath into children of God. From those who were afar off, we've been made nigh by the blood of Christ. Wonderful thing that God can pick up hell-deserving sinners and transform them into the saints of God. They may not act saintly, but they're saints by calling. And one could go on on the marvels of God's love and grace. 
You know, the more I study my Bible, the more I talk about my Savior, the more wonderful he is. Oh, that I could begin to express in words what I feel about this. When I think about the loveliness of our Savior and his compassion and his tenderness for men and women, as Romans 5 could say, you know, for a good man, some would even dare to die. But whoever heard of anybody dying for lawless rascals, helpless, ungodly enemies of God, when we were enemies, he reconciled us to himself by the death of his son. God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, yet active in our sins, Christ died for us. What a love. And he left us down here. And he's knit us together in one body called the church. Not an organization, but an organism. Every believer in Christ, everyone who has trusted the Savior. I don't care what church you belong to. I'm talking about local churches. What denomination you belong to. If you love the Savior and you're trusting him, you belong to the same church that I belong to. The church, the body of Christ, is spoken of in Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 3. How shall we live? How shall we serve? So we've been reading in the beginning of the chapter how that by, by one spirit we have diversities of gifts, differences of administration, diversities of operations, but the same spirit, the same Lord, the same God. And that the spirit of God is sovereign and the bestowal of gifts. And every gift, whether great or small, every gift is given for the purpose of increasing the body of Christ, that is, bringing the lost to Christ, and especially for the edification of the body, to build up the body in Christ. And so we have here in verses 8 to 11, where we have these different gifts of the Spirit given to individuals in the body of Christ. And all of us are given a gift of some sort. And by the way, I don't believe that here we have all the gifts. He's mentioned these here. When you come to Romans chapter 12, you have many more mentioned there. But these are gifts. And he's dealing with a Corinthian church who has been occupied more with the gifts of the Spirit, especially the gift of tongues, and the result is they're divided, they're fighting, there's divisions among them. Christ is no longer honored. This is the danger. And I would again make a statement that I've said so often, spiritual gifts are no sign of spirituality. Remember how he talks in the beginning in the first three verses where he deals with the lordship of our Savior. And when a person is filled with the Spirit of God, and by the way, they're only filled with the Spirit as they're in occupation with our wonderful Savior, and they will live and move and act to the glory of God. And when one is Spirit-filled, Christ is the center of attraction. Not only the theme of our message, but also the object of our love, our affection, and our devotion. I'm saying this very candidly. And I love all you folk who are listening in, though I don't know who you are. But if you love the Savior, if you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, you belong to the same company that I belong to. Thank God the Church of Christ is not an organization, 
It's an organism, a real living organism, alive in Christ. And then to build up the body of Christ, he gives gifts to his people. Now, he mentions what these gifts are. First of all, he said, to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. What is that? Well, that's the application of divine truth. It's spiritual insight to the truth of God. Now, there are many who know the Word of God intellectually, but have no wisdom in the use of that knowledge, especially with respect to other believers. And if ever there was a need in our evangelical churches, it's for this gift of wisdom. You know, a verse comes to my mind, I believe it's Ephesians 1, about verse 17, where, the Lord, where Paul wrote, when Paul said he prayed that the, the God and, that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. You might know certain things the call of God, and so on, the power of God. The Spirit of God indwells us to do that. The gift of wisdom. May God give to us these days men of wisdom in the body of Christ. Now, the second thing is, to another, he gives the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. That is, Intelligence has to know the mind of God revealed to us in his word. Now, you can have knowledge. Now, he has a gift of knowledge. Now, does that mean a person just uh, folds his hands and say, well, I've got the gift of knowledge? Oh, no. It may, it may call for some work. God may put into your heart a tremendous passion to know the word of God. Now, don't say, well, God hasn't given me that gift. God wants you to study his word, to delve into it, to know it, to saturate your mind with it. For the entrance of the word of God gives light. Don't you forget this. If God has ever given to Christians a tool, it's the word of God. And don't sit back and say, well, I, I can't know it because I haven't that gift. Don't alibi and excuse laziness, mental laziness. Read it, read it, and I'll guarantee to you, the more you read it, the more God will give to you. If you really have an open heart and open mind, God will give to you the gift of knowledge to really know the Word of God. The third one is the gift of faith. To another faith by the same Spirit. I don't believe that this is the faith, that simple faith which we manifest when we accepted the Savior. But part of the faith that overcomes obstacles. You know, I think of that passage in Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, it did certain things. Remember that? That amazing passage where some subdued kingdoms, they wrought righteousness, they stopped the mouths of the lions, and the dead were raised to life again. You find that in the Old Testament. And then others who had the patience of faith. They wouldn't accept deliverance. It takes more faith not to accept deliverance than to accept deliverance. It's a gift of faith. Faith that overcomes obstacles. 
I think it's a gift. I don't, don't again, don't alibi and say, well, I, God didn't give me that gift of faith. I would suggest you stay in the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And the more you know the Word of God, the more your faith is strengthened. And remember that faith is never destroyed by tests or trials. Faith is purified by it. But it does give to some the gift of faith. I think especially a man like some of these men of old, all the past generation, uh, this man, for example, in Wales, it took care of thousands of orphans, took them in. Somebody asked him the question, well, I suppose it's easy now to ask for thousands of dollars. And he said, no, my hardest test was for my first 10 pound. That was my hardest test. I needed 10 pound and God answered my faith, give me 10 pound. And I've learned some lessons since then. God is always on time. He'll always meet our needs. But that's a gift of faith, I believe. And yet, you and I can walk by faith day by day, trusting the Savior. Uh, some people say, well, if you have faith, you'll remove mountains. All right. But most of us haven't got that kind of faith. That kind of faith is a gift of faith but we can walk in faith day by day, trusting the Savior. And every time he opens the door for you to witness, you do it. Every time he opens you the opportunity of knowing truth, you take it. You take it by faith. And then you have another one. To one other, the gifts of, the, uh, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Now, but maybe I'm touching some sore spot here when I speak about the gifts of healing. Personally, I'm of the persuasion. I'm not dogmatic on this, but I'm of the persuasion in my own heart that if a person had the gift of healing, everyone that they prayed for would be healed. Not, no exceptions. When they came to our Savior, he healed all who had need of healing. I'm quoting from Luke chapter 9. He healed all who had need of healing. I know there are those who have healing meetings. And I've yet to find one who has the gift of healing. And in fact, they, they, I've spoken to some of them and they say, we don't have the gift of healing, we just pray for them. But some people think they have the gift of healing. I think every, every godly pastor, every man of the Word of God who loves the Savior and, and you pray for others, even you, my friend, can pray for somebody and who knows the Lord may heal them. I'm so thankful that I've had that experience of seeing people healed, taken out of deathbeds and being healed. At the same time, I've buried a lot of people for whom I prayed. Now, does that mean I had faith one day and not the next? No, I don't think so. I think the will of God is manifested in that. But the gift of healing, if I had the gift of healing, everyone I touched would be healed. I'm glad to pray for people. I pray continually for people who are in need. Healing, healing of the body. You say, well, Mr. Mitchell, isn't that in the, didn't Christ die for our physical healing? Personally, I don't believe that. That passage in First Peter, you remember, talks about uh, the gifts there, by whose stripes you are healed. You, the very next verse talks about the healing of your soul. We've come back to the bishop of our souls. 
If healing was in the atonement, my friend, like our sins are, then you ought to be healed. Even the apostle Paul didn't heal everybody, even though he had the Lord used him in many, many ways. Trophimus, if I left sick at my leaders, the Lord had mercy on me and healed Epaphroditus, lest I might not have sorrow upon sorrow. And so on, one could go, I don't want to go to that passage, to those passages, except to make the statement that if one had the gift of healing, they'd be healed. And I say again, if it was in the atonement, there'd be no need for the gift of healing. If I can be healed through the cross, like my sins are, then every one of us should be healed. And as one dear woman, before she died, cried out, Oh, Lord, if you take care of my soul the way you take care of my body, I'm a damned soul. And the pastor had the joy of leading that woman back to the place of trusting the Savior. And she died one hour after he left. I won't tell you, my friend, we're dealing with serious things. Thank God we ought to pray for all who are sick. But that doesn't mean you have the gift of healing. I personally believe if a person has the gift of healing, everyone will be healed. Then you have the working of miracles. The next one to another, the working of miracles. That is, it enables some to do supernatural things. Think, for example, Paul in the book of Ephesians chapter 19. They took aprons from Paul's body and and they laid on the sick people and they were healed. That's a miracle. Supernatural. The gift of the working of miracles. There's the gift of prophecy. That's what you have next, the gift of prophecy. The ability to present God to people. Now it may be in the early church, prophecy having to do with future things prophesying what's going to take place. But remember that the prophet was the one who represented God to the people. A priest is one who represents the people to God. For example, when you get down before God interceding for lost men and women, you're taking the place of a priest. And you are. For First Peter chapter 2 declares we're a holy priesthood, we're a royal priesthood. But now a prophet is one who represents God to the people. And when a man is giving forth the word of God and speaking as God's channel to his generation, in that sense, he is prophesying. He's, he's becoming God's messenger to people to make the will of God known to men and women. My, what a what an what a gift to be able to communicate to men and women everywhere, irrespective of their condition, the wonderful things of God. When a man, for example, goes down and preaches the gospel to the unsaved, to the world in its need, he's a prophet. He's giving out God's truth, which will be made known to them by the Spirit of God. That's why we need to pray that God's men and women who are ministering the word of God shall do so under the authority and power and blessing of the Spirit of God. And then you have the discerning of spirits. To another, the discerning of spirits. 
What a need for this, to discern the spirits of the day, power to distinguish between the false and the true. There's no question there are many false doctrines and isms and cults in the world today, even at this blessed land of ours, even in Portland where I live. You can just about find anything you want, especially on the Pacific Coast. You'll find anything you want. Which is right? Many of them speak as if they were God's people. Are they right? Are they wrong? May God give to you and to me the gift of discernment. Prove all things, as Paul said. Hold fast to that which is good, that which is true. Again, you come back to the first one, the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, to know the word of God and be able to discern. Oh, how often Paul warned Timothy and Titus about this. In the last days, men shall depart from the truth, shall give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. First Timothy 4, 1 and 2. Speaking lies in hypocrisy. Second Timothy chapter 4, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, shall depart from the truth, give heed to fables from such turn away. I want to say, my friend, may God give to us men with the gift of discernment. And the more you know the word of God, the more you as a child of God are able to discern that which is of God and that which is not of God. And then you have these, to another, different kinds of tongues, the gift of tongues. And you know, all this is taken up in chapter 14 especially. And when we get to 14, we'll speak more to that point concerning the matter of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues, uh, to interpret that which has been given. As you have in chapter 14, someone will speak in tongues, and another one shall interpret. They're not supposed to speak in tongues unless someone is there with the gift of interpretation. These are gifts of the Spirit. Now, verse 11. But all these worketh that one and the self same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills, as God wills. And God doesn't say we're all going to have the same gift. To one is given this spirit, this gift, and to one is given that gift, to another this other gift. And you go down from verse, from verse 8 right on down through, and all these gifts in verse 7 are for the edification, to profit with all. And in verse 11, he divides to every man severally as he wills. Again, I come back to it. The Spirit of God is sovereign in the bestowal of gifts. And when God gives a person a gift of the Spirit, he doesn't take it away. You remember Romans says, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. God knows what he's doing. And I want to say to you, my friend, if you belong to the body of Christ, God has given to you a gift. And Paul could say to Timothy, stir up the gift that is within you that you received by the laying on of the hands of the presbytery and so on. But I'm just trying to get to you today. God has gifts to give to his people for the purpose of the edification, the building up of the body of Christ. Now may the Lord bless you today. Don't seek any specific gift. Get your heart occupied with Christ. 
This is what I'm after. The Lord Jesus Christ will be the center of attraction in your heart and life. And let him, who is sovereign in the bestowal of gifts, let him give to you the gift that he wants to give. And then you walk before God. And as you walk before him, that gift will be evident in service. This is what it's for, for service in the body of Christ. And may the Lord bless you today as you study his word for his name's sake. Day by day and with each passing moment Strength I find to meet my trials here Trusting in my Father's wise bestowment I've no cause for worry or for fear is kind beyond all measure, gives unto each day what he deems best, lovingly it's part of pain and pleasure, mingling toil with peace Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study today. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. Life begins at town.